And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I feel like it's been a hundred years since we've had a pay-per-view, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. I guess that feels like a valid opinion. DC Matthews at DC Matthews, NAI. Well, just because it's not valid doesn't make it any less of an opinion. You're right, but you do know how I love to tell you that your opinions aren't valid. I, it's one of your favorite things. Uh, welcome to DDT Wrestling. When is the Royal Rumble? It's not next week. I have no idea, to be honest with you. Uh, let me look it up really quick. I think it's January 24th. So today is the 5th. So it's in a while. Maybe it's not the 5th. How do I not know what day Wait, it is? Wait, what day is the Royal Rumble? It says, oh, <laughs> you got to be looking <laughs> at the wrong year. <laughs> I'm looking at 2016. Yeah, it's 2017. It is, some, it is 29th. So Happy it is. Happy New Year! It is three weeks away. It is three three yeah. weeks and a couple of days away. And I I get it. There's a lot that still has to happen because we wrongs. don't have as we don't have as many people entered as we need to. Uh, but. I, I don't know. It just feels like this pay-per-view just needs to get here already. Three more weeks of building up Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Three more weeks of building up John Cena versus AJ Styles. Wasn't that contract signing enough? I mean, don't we have to tease Roman Reigns versus um, Goldberg somewhere or something? I I don't know. You know, I there was a lot of wrestling going on. NAIAM was wide awake the last two days because of uh, Wrestle Kingdom and then New Year's Dash. So uh, I watched some of New Japan. I've now watched a, a decent amount. It, it's good. Uh huh. I don't think I will seek it out in the future, but it's good. Don't get me wrong; they have some stuff that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Lance Hoyt Dallas, that guy who changed his name like fifty-eight times? Alice. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Alice. I saw him. He was the, he was he was on New Japan. He's part of some stable. Good for him. Do you think No. Okay. Try not do to you th- anyways. Do you think something like the Bullet Club like a large stable like the NWO or like the Bullet Club could work in WWE? Um no. Which I, by which I mean yes, of course it could work, but it's not the sort of thing that they seem inclined um to do. You know? Yes, I do. I'm just I'm just thinking about it because, you know, they had the end of near the end of New Year's Dash. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Um a, a stable returns. I won't even say what it was. A stable makes a return. And there's like seven guys in the ring. And it was just like, I'm trying to remember, you know, the authority had at one point 
in recent memory, Seth Rollins, Corporate Kane, Big Show, maybe Randy Orton. And then I guess they had J&J Security, so they technically had like six people. But even that doesn't seem... It's not comparable to what you're talking about. No, I'm talking like, you know, six or seven or more guys. And I guess it probably would would have to be cross-brand. You couldn't do that on Raw or on SmackDown because the entire show would have only those guys. I mean, you could do it on Raw or SmackDown. Just you'd have to have, like, one faction that was half the roster and the rest of the roster versus them. Like, that's basically what the NWO was to start with, right? Before it split off into all those factions. Yeah, that's true. They did take, you know, there was a pay-per-view that was pretty much entirely NWO versus WCW. And I think that's what it would have to be. It would have to be like a storyline that took place over a couple of months and then would eventually lead to a single pay-per-view and then it would have to go away. Like, I don't know that it would have huge staying power. No, I don't Uh, think so. But anyways, we're, we're three weeks out from the Royal Rumble. You know, it's a new year. What have you? What have been your thoughts on Raw, SmackDown this week? We had the actual Kevin Owens show. We have a new champion on SmackDown. We have a website we're using again. Where do you want to start, Doc Manson? Where do you want to take our conversation today? Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought much about it yet. A little well, peek right. behind the curtains. Uh, I'm not usually the one that steers the show. Let me think for a second. I don't know if that's a big peek behind the curtains. <laughs> I think that's pretty common knowledge. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think you know, that... like there are things I could there are things I could talk about, but it's just, and I think this is the problem where we're so used to pay per views happening so often. It's like, well, okay, know, that's a good talking point. You want to talk about pay per views? Okay, so we haven't had a pay per view in a while, but I would say that um, they did their best to make, I forget what it was called, the Wild Card Finals or whatever, the final SmackDown of 2016. They did their best to make that as close to a pay-per-view event in terms of importance as you can do on live television. And I would argue they did it very, very well. Uh, The return of John Cena all those fabulous title matches, I would say SmackDown earned uh, their having beaten Raw in the ratings for the first time ever. They earned it for sure, and I would say that SmackDown, to me at least, was a pay-per-view quality show. Well, that's true, because we have to remember last week's show was the three-part DDT award. So you and I haven't actually talked about current product stuff in a couple weeks, True. So that's true. Now, all right, well, let's get into this then. What was it about that show that made it feel that way? I have some theories. I'm just curious as to. I would say the biggest thing was, well, not a combination of things, not to put too fine of a point on it. But the first thing I think would be that there were three championship matches on that show and all three of them were pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now 
having I'm doing a little bit more statistic stuff than I usually do. Those were the only matches on that yes, show. Yes, they were. And they were they excellent had, matches. They had three matches and they were all – I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me, but I can say with pretty solid certainty – all three of those matches were more than 10 minutes long, easily more than 10 minutes long. And I think two of them were, all right, here we go. Uh, yep. Wow. Two of them were over 20 minutes long, 23 minutes and seven seconds for the tag team match, 1352 for the women and 2115 for AJ Styles, Corbin and Ziggler. You're talking over an hour of actual wrestling. 58 minutes. 58 minutes, 14 seconds, as opposed to the Raw the night before, which had eight matches. Nope, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Nine matches, only two of which lasted beyond 10 minutes. And and that three-hour show, they had 45 minutes of wrestling. Yeah. So, so you know, and I think I'm, match time is not the be-all, end-all. However, Where are I you think- getting those statistics? ProFightDB.com, ProFight Database. Yeah, you've told me about that site before. I I think I need to frequent it more often. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The amount of wrestling on SmackDown was uncommon, you could Mm -hmm. say. And I think the show benefited directly because of it. And, you know, it's not just about the quantity of wrestling, uh, which seems to be the argument that you're making. But also, I would say the quality of that wrestling, given that all three were title matches, mm-hmm. a, a a championship belt or I guess a pair of championship belts did, in fact, change hands somewhat, perhaps unexpectedly. And then we had two solid. I was going to say two solid singles matches, but I guess the the uh, heavyweight singles belt match was not, a triple threat. Right. It was a triple threat. So, but that was an that that match actually also I'll say surprised me. I didn't expect to like that triple threat match as much as I ended up liking it. Um, Baron Corbin does not really do much for me in terms of excitement, you know. And I think he did very well. He he performed admirably in that match, and he shows me that perhaps he does have a future at the top of the card in the WWE. A whole lot of people seem to think so. His name appears quite a lot on the DDT poll, at the DDT poll. You can find that on Twitter. Um, But his name shows up a lot for Breakout Star of 2017, Most Improved Talent. You know, his name and uh, uh, I cannot do the justice, but, uh, you know, it is you type out the letters B-R-A-U-N for as long as you can to spell Brun. And, you know, Braun Strowman, thank you, Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin seem to be, you know, the heirs apparent, which is shocking to me when you consider that a year or two ago, one of them was wrestling Bull Dempsey, whom I love dearly, but wrestling Bull Dempsey in NXT and not doing well with it. And the other one was one of Adam Rose's Rosebuds. And in just two years, you know, maybe this is the proof that, you know, a lot of times. Now, hold on a second. Yeah. While both of those performers are seeing a bit of a renaissance right now, and certainly I agree with you 
uh, I would say a naissance. I don't think it's a renaissance. This, you know, this is well. Either way, we're that's semantics. I would say this is the birth of at least Strowman. I don't know if I would call it a rebirth. Is a renaissance a rebirth? Yes. Huh. Naissance is the French word for birth, so renaissance, huh. rebirth. How are those Toblerones treating you? Oh, Toblerones are so good. Yeah. Um, so good. Well, you go ahead and keep talking, because I forgot what my point was now. Um, One thing I think we should, you know, you and I have talked, again, transparency here. Uh, Doc Manson and I sat down and had a conversation about, oh, hold on, hold on. Food's being delivered. Hold on. Thank you. What's on the menu? Fork and knife, a napkin. The fork and knife are dirty. Apparently, the dishwasher is broken in the Manson household. It's uh, a panko-encrusted you... chicken with rice pilaf. Oh, excellent. And it seems that she cut the chicken for me, at least in half, to make sure that it was cooked. She doesn't cut it all the way, like, into bite-sized pieces for you. You can do that yourself. Apparently. Can I tell you what's going to sound great on the microphone? Cutlery on dinnerware. Uh, but anyways, enjoy your food. I'll I'll chat. I'll vamp I will for enjoy a, it. Thank you very much. I'll vamp for a bit while you eat. Um, is it homemade rice pilaf or from a box? Uh, definitely from a box. Near East? I don't know. Would you say Mrs. Manson does the lion's share of the cooking in your household? Yes. What percentage? 90 to 98%. Okay. Fair enough. She enjoys it. The only thing that I will cook, honestly, is I will occasionally make pancakes. Um, I will... I am the person who typically will make burgers. I am also the person who... I will always be the person who makes steak. Um, she doesn't ever cook the steak. Um, but outside of those few things, she tends to do... I, I, I tend to be the one in charge of uh, maybe pulled pork as well. Um, th- those sorts of things. But I, the, the lion's share, 100%, due credit goes to Mrs. Manson. All right. Well, anytime... I'm over. There's always some sort of baked good or food item, you know, and it, it seems like I'm sure she, maybe she makes it f- for the guests, like when GQ and I were over a week or so ago. But it also just seems like there's just always stuff there. No, she uh, she bakes mostly for guests. Um, All right. She will very frequently be baking to bring things into work, people's birthdays and things in the office. But she very rarely is simply making stuff for me. Okay. Um, all right. Nations. You hear that, Mrs. Manson? I want something for me. For me for once. Not the scraps. Not the leftovers. <laughs> Bake for me. Thank you for dinner. You're wonderful. <laughs> uh, we're talking about transparency. Doc Manson and I, a couple days ago, had ourselves a conversation about, you know, the future and, you know, where we want to go, what our goals are, and... Um, Spoiler! I have no goals. That is not true at all. You have plenty of goals. We just have... We have some very small goals and some very lofty goals. Like, I believe you said you wanted a million followers. So, <laughs> that was the first goal you said, was you wanted a million followers. Followers, dollars, 
whatever. The followers leads to dollars. That's what I've been told. Uh, this just in, at kjohn007, where is Doc Manson's next episode of Seven Days to Die? Yeah, it didn't happen. Man, I was off for ten days, and I didn't play video games once. We're getting old. We're getting old, Doc Manson. I, well, in all fairness, I spent like four days podcasting, and then... <laughs> There was, like, actual holidays and family stuff that had to happen. Well, I, I mentioned this on Twitter today because people were talking about it. Uh, WWE 2K16 is still in the shrink wrap sitting on top of the PlayStation 4. 16 One or of 17? My, 17. What did I say? I think you said 16, but I could have misheard. I am just not sure. I, I have not yet gotten the year wrong in my classroom, but apparently I get the year wrong here all the time. WWE 2K17, still in the shrink wrap. I think I will dive into that a little bit. I might not, you know, put all of it on YouTube, but I might start playing around with that this weekend. Um, but one of the words you taught, you taught me, because I didn't know what you meant, was you were talking about evergreen content, this content that can exist forever, because as many of us know, since most of us in the neighborhood have podcasts of our own, um, you know, we understand that wrestling is a topical business. What we talk about today will be relatively irrelevant six months from now as new stories happen, new things happen and all of that. But one of the things that I think people talk about time and time again is WWE's inability to build their own stars. You know, they're talking about Kevin Owens was a star beforehand. Even to some extent, Chris Jericho was a WCW, ECW star beforehand. Sami Zayn had an independent career. Uh, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, all of these talents existed. Seth Rollins even, Dean Ambrose even. No, come on, all though. Everybody exists before they get to the WWE. It's just a fact of life. You know what I mean? It's not like I suddenly got the job that I got. I was in training, doing things related on a smaller scale for a long time. It's just the natural progression of things. I don't think that there's a lot of water to that argument. Well, and, and I think it's they <coughs> – these people were names of some renown as opposed to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was a football player. I never heard of Seth Rollins before he was an FCW. You did not know who Tyler Black was? No. Never heard of him. Okay. No, and that's fair. And, but again, I think and, – and, and this, again, could touch on another potential evergreen topic, which is the notion – this whole thing – one of the things I tweeted out, it, got a, it was actually quite popular, was one of my wishes for 2017 is that the hardcore independent fans could stop looking down their noses at WWE fans and vice versa. Because I think when you're a fan that's of – That's not the, happening. It's a lofty goal, but it's one of my wishes. That's all. It's a wish. Um, if you're a hardcore indie fan and you discover these guys, you know, beforehand, there seems to be a growing resentment when these guys move on to greener pastures. It is entirely possible in the next two to three weeks that both Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, despite Adam Cole, spoiler alert, being the Ring of Honor champion, um, could be NXT bound. You know, Kyle O'Reilly reportedly did not re-sign with Ring of Honor. He's kind of a free agent right now. So, 
you know, but it just it seems like again. Um, again, WWE that's not has... unique. That's not unique to wrestling. I mean, I know a million music fans who love all these indie bands, and as soon as they find a contract with an actual label, instead of being happy for them, what's the response? Oh, they sold out. It's a it's 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 a it's a real crappy um, human sort of response, but it's common, and I don't know why. But it's certainly not unique to wrestling. It exists in all sorts of different areas. Well, but, you know, the point I was making is that, you know, Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman, who are, are, you know, I think a lot of people believe that they are going to have, you know, they could both be world or universal champions in 2017. They are homegrown talents. They did not have independent careers, probably from football. And I don't know where Braun Strowman came from besides Tinder, um, whatever that is. Is Tinder a dating app? You wouldn't know. You're married. But, yes, it's you a know. dating app. Okay. And by dating app, I mean a hookup app. Okay. Well, that would explain why people found it so funny. They were like, look, I found Braun Strowman on Tinder. And I was like, I imagine he has all the social media. But now I get it. Okay. What does swipe left and swipe right mean? Um, one is to indicate that you like the physical appearance of the person displayed in the profile in front of you. The other direction is to say you are displeased by their physical appearance. Wow. We are just a terrible society now, aren't we? Yeah. My goodness. Okay, anyways. Um, you know, I think WWE can make homegrown stars, but I also think... For a lot of times, if you see a guy who's setting the world on fire like Kevin Steen was or like Tyler Black was or like Shinsuke was, it would be foolish of you not to go sign them. I'd like to point out, I forgot about Finn Balor until just now. Who? Exactly. All right. So, anyways, um, the original point we started this whole thing on was SmackDown's wild card. I thought it was great. It was a really enjoyable show. John Cena came back. He immediately kind of made it seem important. Um, You know, the matches were good. SmackDown this week was also very good. Uh, I do think we're heading towards a world in which we're going to see The Miz and Maurice taking on Dean Ambrose and Renee Young. Do you? Like, I... Renee's going to get involved physically in some form or fashion besides just getting slapped. It might maybe it won't be an actual match, but something's gonna happen with this. So, I guess. Do you agree? Do you not agree? I don't know. I don't really care about either of them. Maurice, or but you thanked Maurice on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, she's been great to uh, you know furthering the Miz's character, but I mean in terms of physical. Um, involvement, I, I don't care about her or Renee Young because I don't think either of them are really capable of delivering in a manner that I would find satisfactory. So, really, so the prefer- less said, the better. You would prefer them to stay out of it? I would, yes. Okay. I don't think that plays to either of their strong suits. Um, and, and you know, I could potentially be wrong. This could be this could be me seeing, you know, because what I do appreciate is that throughout this whole thing, Renee Young has remained a 
journalist in air quotes, even with the interview on Talking Smack, you know, she's talking about herself and her personal life a bit, but all of a sudden we didn't see her and Dean snuggling up in some back corner of SmackDown or anything like that. They've continued to have a professional relationship. It's just Miz outed them as having a personal one as well. So he I could be wrong. I, I still argue that the Miz did no such thing. Um, they have been featured on Total Divas for some time now. Within the WWE's own canon, they are an, an acknowledged couple. So, I mean, I, I get it. Maybe it hasn't been officially acknowledged on SmackDown before. Maybe, but I don't know. Given, again... It's already an acknowledged part of the canon by the company. Uh, I didn't really see the big deal that everybody's trying to make it out to be. Okay. So how do you then feel about the what I've heard that Lana is not using her accent on Total Divas? That's fine. And she but should how does stop that... using it. On the regular show. Well, I I agree, but at the same time, they're you know, and the reason why I say to recognize that parts is, of it. Well, the reason why I say that is because Total Divas does not really acknowledge that they all are playing characters. Um, I, you know, I think that that is somewhat acknowledged on that show, and I haven't seen all of it. Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least from the early parts of Total Divas that I saw first season, at no point did they acknowledge that. Oh, we play characters through and through like i think it's assumed by what when you're watching that show like they're making the assumption that you know that they play characters as part of what they do in the wwe but i don't know that they've ever just blatantly come out and said so so it makes sense that she doesn't use her accents on on that show but i don't necessarily know that they've acknowledged it but I, and I guess that is my question. How are we supposed to, you know, now granted there could be some fans of Total Divas who don't watch wrestling and there are obviously wrestling fans who don't watch Total Divas. But for those people who watch both, how are we supposed to marry the two things? Because as you said, they are part of WWE canon. But then you have Lana not using the accent. You have Dean and Renee in a relationship that they don't acknowledge on the air. Eva Marie is part of it, I'm assuming, and she's not even wrestling anymore. So, well, Paige you know. is on that show. Paige was at backstage at Raw, apparently. Yeah, she was there briefly. I don't think she stayed for the show. I think she was there to for a medical something or other, and she had to leave to make sure that her husband didn't get arrested again for beating somebody up. I don't think they're married. They're engaged, which is strange since he's still married. The people at the jewelry store will sell you a ring no matter what. That's true. All right. Uh, let's get down to the real important business here. There's there's something we haven't done yet and we need to. What's that? Um, uh, please take part in a section of the DDT poll. Uh, question number one. Boneless or bone in? Both. But if you had to choose one. I like them both. But if someone were to say to you, you can only eat one of these for the rest of your life, boneless wings, which you would call tenders, or bone-in wings, which would you pick? 
I can't imagine ever being in that situation. <laughs> I disagree with the premise of your question. Indeed, sir. I believe is the answer. All right. Uh, fried or baked? Oh, they're both good as well. Rubbed or sauced? Also both. <laughs> but like, spicy. All, if I were to go to a wing establishment and they had a hundred million varieties of wings, and you know, let's say there was two wing establishments, and I went to the one and they were fried and they were delicious, that'd be great. And if I went to the second one and they were baked and they were delicious, that would be fine too. Like it doesn't matter as long as they're delicious. And then, you know, when you go to a place, you order a large serving of wings, and they say pick three flavors. I'm equally likely to pick one sauced, one rubbed, and one whatever. Uh, Like, it doesn't matter, again, as long as they're delicious and tasty. It depends what I'm in the mood for. Do I want something that only comes in sauce form, or do I want something that's a nice rub? Like, it depends. I don't think one is better than the other in any way, shape, or form. It's just about... What what are you in the mood for, and and what in which way has this particular preparation been done, and is it delicious or not? Spicy or sweet? Yeah, you know, I like them both. Why did I do this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what is your go-to wing place? Um... I don't have one. What would you say is the best chicken wing you have ever eaten in your entire life? Um, that would have to be a chicken wing of some sort. At least somebody's enjoying this. Uh, What's the favorite chicken wing that you've ever eaten? What kind of question is that? The, I almost named it just now. The, uh, I would have to say, and it's probably a nostalgic thing, but the honey mustard wings from the place where we would get wings in college was amazing. There was the place that we would get wings in college our first year they they had a flavor called Godzilla's Breath. And obviously, you know, I, I love Godzilla and all that. But this flavor actually was very good. It was spicy, but with hints of sweetness to it. And it was awesome. Like that flavor of Wing, honestly, and again, this could just be rose-tinted glasses, uh, nostalgia speaking, if you will. But that flavor, I remember that flavor being awesome. And our second year there, it disappeared never to be seen again, and I've never found that exact flavor profile anywhere anywhere else. But that's not really prefer- my favorite wing, it's just the favorite flavor, so... I think that's a future question, so... Uh, do you prefer the drumstick or the other part? Both. I like the part that's the chicken. I don't enjoy eating the bone. Okay, I see. Thank you. Uh, How many wings can you eat in a single sitting? All of them. 
I don't think I've met a platter that I couldn't house in a single sitting. So, okay, then let me rephrase. What is the most number of wings you have eaten in a single sitting? I don't know. You had to ballpark it. Three pounds. Would that be tenders or wings? Yes. We need another meeting about goals for 2017. Uh, is there such a thing as a bad chicken wing? Sure. Imagine That's if it was uncooked. What are your three favorite wing flavors? All time? Sure. You said Godzilla breath. Obviously, that would be one. Yeah. Um, I go with the classic Buffalo. That's two. And my more modern sensibilities um, now point towards honey mustard. Uh, what is either the worst wing flavor or the weirdest wing flavor that you have ever heard of? Ever heard of? Yes. Um, Captain Crunch. Okay. See, that's these are the kind of answers I'm looking for. I will save. I will spare you the last question because the last question was just for fun. It said write a haiku about wings. Okay. And while I'm sure you could, I don't need you to do it right here on the air. Thank you for taking part, kind of, in the uh, DDT poll. You can rest um, assured I gave you all the answers that I honestly felt. Thanks. Uh. The big Why didn't you answer of... any of the questions yourself? Now the audience is going to forever wonder all of your wing preferences. Boneless, fried, wrong, wrong, sauced, wrong, sweet, um, where do I get wings now? I feel like there's a place, oh. That place down the road from where I live and or work. Very descriptive. Yeah. Move on. I suppose that's true. Uh, where have you eaten the best wing? The place we went to college. I'm a drumstick fan. Uh, how many wings can I eat in a single sitting? Far more than I should. No, the, the other part of the wing, a little tip here, you know, with, the, with the two bones going through it. Um, the forearm as opposed to the bicep because that's essentially what it is. If you, if, if you, if you grip... One end of that bone. I, I can't really describe it to you, but if, if you if you grip one end of the bone and put your other fingers on the meaty portion, and I can't describe which end it is. You'll just have to try them both until you figure it out for yourself. But if you if you grip the end one end of those pair of bones and simply push it through the meat, it will actually go through completely clean, leaving you with a skinned meat sleeve. That is entirely edible. You can simply just put that whole piece into your mouth. That is well, that advanced wing-eating uh, tip. If you have not done it before, I suggest you try it. It is uh, revelatory. Well, I remember when there used to be a dining hall, and whenever they would serve wings... Oh, yeah. It was a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, our plates... Would literally not lying like you know people embellish this uh, for for dramatic effect. Our plates doth overflow with the residue and remnants of those wings. And to be think about they how weren't... many bones 
Like it was like something out of like a gothic video game or something. And like, the and the thing that I remember most, the wings weren't even that good. Oh, that's a lie. They're, you liked them? They're they're unflavored original sort of crispy recipe were delicious. Oh yeah, those were good. But I remember when they put sauce on them and they would they would obviously bake, you know, they would be like a little wet and not wet in like the saucy way, but like the you know, the I don't bad know. way. Yeah. So is there such thing as a bad wing? You betcha. Uh what are my three favorite wing flavors? Honey barbecue, honey mustard, and original. Uh original is good. Actually no. Redacted. Honey mustard, honey barbecue, garlic parm. Okay. Garlic parmesan is good. Uh, what is the worst wing flavor? Uh, I I won't say it's the worst because I didn't try it, but I saw a peanut butter and jelly chicken wing that I thought probably would be a little much. Um, and write a haiku about wings. I can never remember the formula for haikus, so we'll skip that. But uh, the, at the at the DDT poll, check it out. Join us and all sorts of things. Um, there will be more polls to come. I just haven't gotten around to it because I've been too busy writing things for the website. DDTpod.com is back and is better than ever. Uh, we didn't intend originally. Doc was just going to write and try to put it under the radar. But now all of a sudden I've got stuff coming out up until the end of next week. So, uh, any, anything you want to say about the uh, the website? Anything you want to encourage people to do? Shall they register? Should they take part in the forum? Should they start writing articles and, you know? Yes. All those things at DDTPod or DDTWrestling.com. Yes, you can two ways to get there. But yes, uh, you know, if you find 140 characters limiting, and I know a lot of us do, you know, there, there is something to be said for Twitter for for a variety of reasons, but it can be limiting. And writing your things in the, a series of tweets is is sometimes a pain to try to get people. So if you want to get heard, if you want to be heard, so to speak, in a literary sense, in a written sense, go to the uh, ddtpod.com, register, go to the forums, and write. Heck, if you keep doing it regularly enough, and if you write really well... We might have a future conversation for you about writing for the forums on a regular basis and being part of our community, being our bestie, if you will. Oh, we haven't had a bestie of the month in a while. We might need to resurrect that. Nope. No? We're done with the bestie of the month? If you want to announce a bestie of the month on the podcast once a month, fine. But yeah, I'm done with manually editing a page every month on a schedule. That's fine. All right, so yes, we have the website. I have been diving back into the network. DC's Network Diaries is back. Um, I've been looking at ECW now. I've read, I've watched the first five episodes. Episode five, Doc Manson at Doc Manson is one I recommend you check out. The matches aren't very good, but Terry Funk cuts a pretty hilarious promo, and Paul Heyman makes his ECW debut. So for both of those reasons alone, it's worth watching. So, uh, any, anything coming up for you now that, now that we've talked about writing, I know what's going to happen. You're never going to write again. You are correct. Uh, All right. Are we ever, so do you want to explain to folks 
a, a summarization of your thoughts on Emelina, or do you just want to direct them to the website to read about it themselves? Yeah, I said what I had to say in that article. So you you think she's never going to show up? Well, I mean, some people have already told me that I'm wrong, because apparently she showed up at house shows, but... In all fairness, I don't really think that counts. And I would ask if she showed up as a – did she show up as the Emelina character? She or was showed it just up with Emma? a Titantron behind her that said Emelina. Yeah, but if she's the same thing and it's just a name change – I think that's... she was a special guest ref, so I'm not even really sure uh, yeah. that there was really anything to go off of there. But she's got a new song. She's got a new Titantron. Um, all right. But you know, I, until she shows up on television, I'm not I, I'm not counting that as my having been wrong yet. All right. Well, let's quickly run through uh, some other new notable things from the last week of wrestling uh, before we get into our emails. We have five emails. Holy moly! And uh, do we have another review or no? I know we have one, but are we seeing the review or not? Um. Let me see. I had closed iTunes because for some reason it's not showing them to me when I click on them. Let me just open it up real quick. Going over there, clicking onto that, clicking on the ratings and reviews, and reviews are still not loading. So, right. no. Well, we got a review and we thank you. Hopefully, someone else will go and write us another review, and hopefully, someday we can see it. Uh, Doc Manson, Dolph Ziggler has apparently turned heel. Uh-huh. He attacked Kalisto, and then he attacked Apollo Cruz. Your thoughts? He's always been a better heel than a face. I, you could see like there's there's a there's an image that he attacks him, and there the camera's low, and it sees him standing over Kalisto, and the crowd is losing their mind. That was that was a huge moment for him. I'm excited. I'm immediately bought back into Dolph Ziggler as soon as he does that. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of Neville. It makes me, you know. It makes me start to think about the whole faces and heels thing all over again because now these guys, you know, career renaissances, rebirth, uh, you know, potentially. And again, I'm not saying that Dolph Ziggler is going to set the world on fire, but I do think uh, he could potentially be the next guy to challenge Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title once this feud with The Miz is over. Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler with Ziggler as the heel is something I would not mind watching. Yeah, that'd be all right. Uh, let, da, 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 da. La Luchadora is still a thing. Unfortunately. Um, what did you think of the contract let's signing? Let's just tease that for one more week. Let's just let's just hold off that payoff because it's 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 gonna be so monumentous that uh we're we're gonna continue building up that reveal because uh the payoff is totally gonna be worth it. Oh, yes. Of course. It will be glorious. Because it won't be Naomi or, or Nikki or Carmella. I will defend. I will defend. There we go. La Luchadora yeah. is Bobby Roode. La Luchadora so. is Bobby. How amazing would that be? If they were able to figure out some weird CGI way of doing I don't know. It beats um, Mickey James. It could be Mickey James. You would hope she. I would, hope not. You would hope she would start with something better, but I don't even know. All right. I mean, I just don't understand why she would align herself with Alexa Bliss. That doesn't really make sense for a returning superstar of her state. Unless we're gonna get Becky versus Mickey at WrestleMania, and that's it has nothing to do with Alexa Bliss so much as it's she's anti Becky. Yes, for whatever reason. 
Um, all right. Ambrose is the Intercontinental Champion. Good for him. Woo! You posted about Good stuff. You posted about it. On Instagram, at Doc Manson, in case anyone's it's interested. A good one! Uh, do you have any desire in seeing Goldberg versus Roman Reigns? No. Do you have any None. interest in seeing Goldberg Zero. versus anybody? Not really. I mean, not after the last match. I mean, I, okay. If he's actually going to wrestle a match, maybe I have interest in it. But I'm not sure that... Him wrestling a, a twenty plus minute uh, 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 bout is really what I am looking for, either. So I, I don't know what I want from Goldberg. Honestly, I, what do you want from Goldberg? I love you, Jason Maltuff. I I don't want Goldberg. I thought the the. I thought the main event segment of Raw was actually really good. I did not expect Heyman. I did not expect Reigns. I did not expect Braun. So the fact that people kept coming out, I thought it was good. Um, I never needed Goldberg to come back. Nope. I like Goldberg. Uh, he is obviously having fun, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that he is obviously enjoying himself. He seems like he's glad that he came back, which is more than can be said for some others. Sting. Uh, I think Sting sort of enjoyed it. I think Sting was glad he came back. I think there would that would have been a big question mark, is him having never performed in WWE. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't need to see another Goldberg-Lesnar match. I would be really happy if this was the only one. Um and I don't necessarily need to see him, you know, a Goldberg-Roman Reigns match would be fine, except we all know what's going to happen. Did you see, uh, I think I retweeted this, did you see, uh, you know, Xavier Woods' YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, that he posted some video, um, I'll have to see if I can find it and share it with you, and, you know, they're playing some FIFA soccer game, and Rusev is there, and, Rus you know, Rusev introduces himself because they can all have nicknames. Uh, and Rusev says, when I when I play FIFA, I am Roman Reigns, because I never lose. And I was just like, I don't know how good that is for your long-term career prospects, Rusev, but you made... Very, very bad. But you made me chuckle. Um, so, you know, I, I would like Goldberg to uh, come out at WrestleMania, spear somebody, maybe give somebody the jackhammer... But I don't need it to be a match. He could do, you know, what Austin and Foley and Michaels did at the last WrestleMania, or at last WrestleMania, and I would be very happy with that. So, you know, so I don't have a lot I need. I thought Goldberg and Reigns facing off was good because it was unexpected. The double spear to Braun was funny. Those are the kinds of things I'd like to see Goldberg do. Him having another wrestling match. Like I said, I mean, you don't want to see another 86-second nothing, but I don't think the answer is a half-hour-long wrestling exhibition because I don't think he's in that kind of shape. And in, in all fairness, he never was in his entire life. Go back to Brock versus Goldberg WrestleMania 20, and that's just 20 minutes of those guys circling each other and making faces at the audience. Goldberg's entire shtick in WCW was winning in under two or three minutes. 
That was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the last man standing match between Braun and Sammy. I thought that was good. Yeah. It, you know, and this is what happens. It, it was a fairly... Here, Raw, Raw was very good this week. I noticed that. You were you were super positive. Until the New Day showed up. Okay. And then I went to bed. I saw that. You tweeted that. Um, And honestly, everything before that was pretty good. That Last Man Standing match was brutal. I liked it. Explain, it was good. Explain to me what you liked about Stephanie McMahon. Um... The, she came out there, and she basically just told them, you know, in an authoritative way, Mick Foley is not abusing his power. Deal with this, guys, because you've earned it. Like, it, she wasn't being her usual wink-wink, smirk-smirk, heel thing. You know what I mean? She was being authoritative. She was doing something that was maybe unpopular. (laughs) Maybe it's because she was doing it to other heels. I I don't know. But she didn't come across in that that way. You know what I mean? I do. I do, I do. I just, you are... Later in that show, apparently, she came across in that way. If I had made it to the Bailey segment, I don't think I would have cared much for her continued performance. Yeah, I, I had to mute it at that point because she was, it, and that's what that's what does bother me about Stephanie. I usually don't have a problem with Stephanie, but she is like it's like she's schizophrenic. She's got multiple personality yeah. disorder, and then there are times where she has to be heel Stephanie, and then there's times she comes out and she's dancing with the crowd or she's doing this or that. Like pick one. I don't like heel Stephanie. If you're going to be authority, Stephanie, and you're going to be relatively 50-50, and maybe the only exception is Seth Rollins because he's messing with your husband, fine. That is the one pass I will give her. But for everybody else, don't be you. Be, you know, whatever, you know, be... Be the commissioner. Yes. All right. Um, I don't think I have missed anything major. Um... Carl Anderson got a win. That's un that's, you know, unusual. But otherwise, I think we're good. We've got some emails. So uh the let's, emails. Let's the get emails. to some emails. What, what the emails? Pav. Pav writes in and says, Ah, you know what that is. That's the sound of a relaxing felling. After a hectic December, finally. I can email. It's good to be back. It is good to have you back, Bob. We missed, we missed you. you. We wondered if you had fallen off the face of the earth, to be perfectly honest. Um, we, we got used to having emails from you every week. And then, uh, well, we have a novel here, so I guess you're making up for lost time. So let's just get right to it. Now, I forget what I was talking about. Oh, yes, the draft. Do you believe we will ever see a draft format like 2005 again, where it was a draft month with a pick every week? I don't remember that. Me either. But then again, I wasn't watching in 2005 that much. Right. But no, Uh, to answer his question, no. And he goes on to say, the reason it didn't work last time was because SmackDown was taped, so the allure of a moment such as Batista going to SmackDown wasn't exactly a shock with spoilers. That's true. 
It would be more surprising maybe now. I could see there being a week where the draft is two days. It starts on Monday and it ends on Tuesday. But uh, no. I think with what I assume will only be brand-specific pay-per-views, between April through August, which although I'm perfectly happy with, as it allows the brands to go their separate ways for a while, I think a good way to spice up this period is using June again as draft month. Hold on. I fully expect there to be a draft in June again. Uh, yes. let, me, let me ask this. We'll come back to this. Month. And Oh, no, he's going to get to it. No, he's not. Never mind. Oh, yeah. No, he is. Money in the- Let me just keep reading. With SmackDown now live, this is the best opportunity they have to go back to this draft format. As brand split connoisseurs will attest, after row 5, things such as Vince McMahon's death angle or a million dollar giveaway were the best they could come up with last time in June. The subplot you had last time was a raw pay-per-view being able to have two world title matches on a pay-per-view to sell draft steals before one champion was drafted to SmackDown a month later, as well as Big Show losing his world title shot as he was drafted to Raw. It's clear a lot of story devices were ingrained into this to lay the foundations in making this an annual WWE staple, but a lack of talent deemed this not possible. Could you imagine one week with Money in the Bank SmackDown exclusive to that title, the WWE Champion gets drafted to Raw, and the Money in the Bank holder in week four turns up on Raw, cashes in, and takes the title home to SmackDown. Yes, that's a very bad subplot as it wastes the briefcase for a premium fantasy fucking <laughs> listen to. By the book, I miss that DC. But my point is, various subplots will arise between week one and four. Casey Kasem is having a stroke on the air. So what do you guys think? Would a draft month work? Unlike before, women are seen as equal stars now, so there is more talent to choose from, especially with double picks in week four. I think it also ensures no show is seen bigger than the other, as no one is hosting it. <laughs> Thank you for a great 2016, my besties. You truly make my commutes the best. The Pav. At the P underscore A underscore V. We love you, Pav. Thank you for the email. I don't know why Doc Manson has to read your emails in that way. What? It just was really long. Which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? Um, you know... Did I fall into a tempo like that? A little bit. I was just being silly. I didn't no, really need to go into it. It was, it, was a, it was a little bit like that. But right. either way, you know, I do like the idea of uh -huh. the subplot sorts of things, but I really can't foresee WWE trying to, you know, we criticize their booking you know, their day-to-day -day booking anyways, to build an entire month over, um... You're saying would be difficult. For them, yeah. You know, I'd like to see it. The whole idea of the whole Money in the Bank thing, and that's what I wanted to get to. Money in the Bank is, as of now, a SmackDown-exclusive pay-per-view. There, True. There will be no raw Money in the Bank winner. And I go back and forth on how I feel about that. Part of me thinks it should be a cross-brand pay-per-view, and you have one match with some Raw guys and some SmackDown guys. But at the same time, I'm not opposed to SmackDown having it. I just don't know what Raw gets. You know, Money in the Bank is 
kind of the big. Well, what if Raw, instead of Money in the Bank, got like a uh, a contract for a championship match in some sort of box like container that maybe would be good for maybe a year or so. And the person who won that box could cash it in at any time. Or, hmm? or, eh? Eh? Raw creates, Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley create these, these, these discs. Box-like no, these discs. These discs That contain of power. these contracts. And they, they make like seven of these discs of power, and they give them out to people. And then there's a match where all seven of them wrestle, and the winners... Get to they that those discs get fused into like a strap of some kind. Oh, it could be like a gift. It could be like bestowing a gift. Yes, from from a, a monumentous gift from on high, perhaps. Yes, from the from the the lofty perch of where Stephanie and Mick Foley sit. They are the gods of Raw. It would be a gift from them. A gift of the gods style championship. Yes. Belt. And you have like Curtis Axel and Nia Jax and you know Big E and Rusev and you know honestly the more I think about this idea I I, I don't think it would ever work. You're probably right. Mm. You're probably right. Well, uh, Pav, I like your idea. I wish WWE would do something. I hope that the draft okay. this year becomes something bigger than. Kind of it was because I f- I think that's exactly what I what I would say about this in response to this email is I don't actually think I'd like to see a draft month with their picks every week I think that's too regular I, I like the idea of there being a draft there being some finality to it and that's it but I, I, to your point I, I do also like the idea of having maybe some trades that happen periodically. To shake things up. I understand that that's probably very difficult to do from a storyline perspective. Um, but I do think that could help keep things fresh throughout the year. The next one comes in from Glenn. Hi guys. Any theories as to why The Undertaker is due to appear on Monday's Raw? And what kind of story they could be building? I have a theory. Sure. Lay it on me. They have no idea what they're doing. In a creative sense. Is that a theory? Like that's <laughs> that could be that could be fairly well supported with evidence. That's not a theory. No, theories are are still only well supported. I mean, you know, uh, 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 evolution, uh, theory, Darwin's theory of evolution is only a theory, but we've got a lot of evidence that supports that. Is that a raccoon? I don't know what that was. I might have to go check it out, though. Like, it sounded like the shower curtain fell. Well, it's probably just a shower curtain. And not, you know, a serial killer. (laughs) You understand for the last ten minutes you have done nothing but that voice. (laughs) Uh, My guess is he is there... Uh, to announce for the Royal Rumble and call out the Raw roster um, because he has taken names and digging graves 
and he is going to be. Here's a here's a question for you. Uh, is there any scenario where the Undertaker still matters? Sure. Is it the one that they're currently unfolding? Depends on what they're unfolding. Like, th- we have question marks about it since... I'd say since his reappearance. Since his reappearance. So if he shows up and says, you know, I'm going to enter the Rumble... I'm going to win. But why would he go to Raw to say that? Because he hasn't talked to the Raw roster yet. He has he has formally But he's on SmackDown. He's not though. He wasn't drafted. He is the one guy who I believe okay. can cross brands. All right. He's the phenom. Brand splits don't matter to him. Except they do matter to him because as he said, SmackDown was always his home during the brand splits. Um so I don't really know. Then they're trying to get ratings. All right. Yeah. What do you want from me? Gotcha. This one comes in from Daniel K. Dearly beloved friend, I was shocked you stopped communicating with me. I really can't understand your reason for doing so. But I am very happy now to inform you about my success in getting the fund out of the bank with the help of a staff working in the remittance office and also with the special assistance of a French businesswoman that catered for other logistics. However, I left the sum of $800,000 in the ATM cash withdrawal card. This $800,000 is for you, and it is per- Wait a minute. Daniel! Are you punking us? Oh, man. DC, this guy wants to give us $800,000. You're doing it. We should totally respond to this email right now. Okay, strong bad, you go for it. (laughs) This next one comes in from Yilin Sue. Hey, why the silence? Haven't you received the project contract yet? Okay, whoever signed us up for these spam emails, I'm coming for you. (laughs) Oh, man. The next one comes in from Shay. Hey, guys, before you get round to your Rumble prediction show, how do you think the brands make up the Rumble this year? Do they go with 13 guys from each roster with four slots for NXT, call-ups, legends, returns, or does Raw get more slots by default for having the bigger roster? Who do you expect, if anyone, to be called up from NXT slash which legends do you see returning? Or is there anyone to make a surprise debut like Styles last year? Great work with the end of year's award show, six plus hours of podcast gold. On behalf of the neighborhood, we appreciate the effort and it was worth it. All the best. Do me a favor and answer this while I go make sure that a raccoon did not just come into the house. Hold on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that DC is legitimately concerned about a raccoon having entered the premises of his house. Uh, so back to the email. Mm, back to the email. You know, I do think that the Royal Rumble slots will likely be split up just like they did in the draft. I do think that for Raw, they will get a proportionate larger number of slots in the show. 
I don't know if that's really fair, but again, that's what they did for the draft, so I think it's likely it's what they do here as well. Uh, DC. Yes. Was that a raccoon? Uh, the jury's still out. All no right. doors have been opened, no windows have been broken. Apparently, there's just a spirit. There's a phantasm in the Matthews household. Um, I think Raw has to have a bigger proportional number, just because... If all three members of the New Day, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, are in, that's one sixth of the Rumble already, and we haven't even really gotten to much of the Raw roster. You know, it depends on if they're going to have people pulling double duty or not. You know, because I don't think we're going to see Cena, and I don't think we're going to see Reigns in the Rumble. But you know, if Sheamus and Cesaro defend the tag titles, do they then come back for the Rumble? They might. Uh if Ambrose defends the Intercontinental title, does he come back for the Rumble? He might. They usually do. But the rosters are such that they don't have to. But. Yeah. I mean, do we think anybody gets called up from NXT? Um, the, uh, I don't know. It it could be. The only two I could foresee would be Ty Dillinger or Samoa Joe. I mean, and here's the thing, though. Do you really think they're going to call people up during the Rumble now? Or maybe they won't get called up. I mean, it's entirely possible, like, a few years back, um, you could have some people appear in the Rumble. Bo Dallas was actually in it. being called. Right. But he wasn't actually called up at that time. He went back to NXT for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he showed up. I think he was there also on, like, the Raw after. But he was gone. You know, that was back when Bo Dallas had, like, one glove because he was the grandson of Blackjack Mulligan and... Yeah, so I mean, I could see them doing that, but I don't know if they would really bring somebody up outside of the draft. Maybe, though. There's no reason why they couldn't. It's just, it's a bad, it's really a bad time of year, I think, to be introducing somebody else to the main roster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're 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 clearly on the road to WrestleMania now. There's not a lot of opportunity to establish new storylines. I mean, you can... Don't be wrong, AJ Styles did it, right? He established a storyline with Chris Jericho that led him to WrestleMania. It's possible, but with all the other moving parts because of the draft, because of this brand split, because you've got so many different stories you're telling across the two brands, I do think it is increasingly difficult to do that this year as opposed to last year. Well, and I think AJ Styles kind of... I won't say ruined it, because obviously he didn't, being the MVP of 2016. But there's nobody else, you know. Somebody was bandying about, oh, yeah, Chris Hero. Chris Hero might be great, but he is nowhere near AJ Styles. So if you have somebody who's only a moderate indie star make their debut, it's, you know. Chris Hero would show up, and I would go, who's that? I really don't know a, who Chris Hero you know, is. AJ Styles was a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing. He was the biggest star in the indies. You know, a lot of people knew who he was, and all of a sudden he shows up. That's not going to happen again. You know, you might get Samoa Joe. Come up from a- Samoa Joe, I think, would get a similar response. Yes, but because he was in NXT... People are going to be people are going to have in the back of their mind that that's possible. They'd love it. Don't get me wrong, but they'd have it in the back of their mind that it was possible. It would be akin to Okada or Kenny Omega, or you know. I mean, you're you're okay, but you're talking about the surprise factor. Yes. I'm not talking about the surprise factor. I'm talking about the audience being like, oh, 
yeah, this guy is about to change, is about to, not change, but this guy is going to shake things up. In that way, I think someone with Joe could. would get the same reaction that AJ Styles I did. think if anyone's going to get that reaction in this rumble, it's Finn Balor. Well, Finn Balor is coming back this rumble. So. so I think it could be him. Now, it's possible he'll show up the Raw before, you know, because usually they have all of these top talents kind of you know, in the ring and maybe I'm looking forward to the next three weeks of his Twitter being nothing but (laughs) or him posting cryptic numbers like 30 and everyone like there's 30 men in the rumble. He's in the rumble. I'm like, or he just posted a number. Let's calm down. Um, You know, I think we'll get one or two NXT guys. I think this year we'll get one or two returning Legends. I would like to see Rick Rude in the Rumble this year. <laughs> so would I. And Roddy Piper. And Owen Hart. And Bruiser Brody. Hey! Owen Hart passed away. <laughs> as you know... Don't be rude! As you know, from the first... Lo- you know, we were talking about whether or not there was going to be a Lost episode... The last episode of DDT Wrestling is the very first episode of DDT Wrestling, which we recorded on the night that Roddy Piper passed away with my Chromebook. Well, maybe it's his spirit that's here with you now. Oh, man, where's my kilt? No, I have it somewhere. I suggest uh, getting a coconut for something. Oh, always do. All right. Uh, thank you to everyone for the emails. I am excited for the Rumble, regardless of what happens. Um... DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Send us an email. Be our bestie. Get on the show. Get your ideas talked about. Danny. <clears throat> Daniel K. Where's our $800,000? Send it. Just wire it on over. Come on. I'll take it in bills if you want to just mail it. That's fine, too. Thank you to uh, everyone who's left us an iTunes review. I apologize that Apple is not letting us see them. Uh, as soon as we can, we will read them and share them with you. Uh, let's see. What's your positivity for the week there, Doc Manson at Doc Manson? I know what some of your Mm. negativity is. I am looking forward to later on this week recording a private earful with you because you you wrote a tweet. Let's tease it. Something happened on Lucha Underground, which might be the first thing you actively did not like from that company. I want more information, and I'll get it on a private earful this weekend on the NAI NAI Network. Not the NAI earful. (laughs) The NAI earful. Why did they call it that? Oh, man. We got to talk to Jason. Jason, are you listening? NAI earful. Let's rebrand. Come on. Rebrand time. Um, Let's do it. My uh, positivity for the week. I know you haven't shared, but I'm going first. My positivity for the week is uh, the sheer amount of people who have been excited about wrestling. Not necessarily WWE, not necessarily Japan, but people were up early tweeting about Japan. People are excited because TNA has new owners. Perhaps that's another topic for a private earful. Um, Jeff Jarrett is back. Uh, so, you know, people are excited about wrestling again, and it makes me happy. Yeah, me too. Uh, my thing this week, uh, honestly, is Ambrose 
winning that title, and I think maybe more so the Miz's reaction to Ambrose winning that title. Um, the Miz is really good right now. Could the Miz win the Royal Rumble? No. Maybe. Okay, yes. He's definitely winning it. I don't know what Mrs. Manson put in that peel-off, but oh boy, was it good. Yum. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I think I to answer the heart of your question, I would like to see The Miz in the title scene, the, the heavyweight title scene, the world title scene. Or I think they could use... The top title? Depending on how they do things, they could use this as an opportunity to get him to Raw if that's where this is going. If he were to win the Rumble and then come out and challenge Roman Reigns, if Roman Reigns was a champion, or Kevin Owens, which would be a weird feud, I'd want to see it because the promos would be great, but that would be a weird feud. Um, But then again, Miz AJ Styles would be fun too. So the only one I don't want to see is Miz John Cena. I don't need that at WrestleMania again. All right. Awesome. Giant inflatable letter is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Alex Riley. Alex Riley's awesome. He was awesome, then he got fired. Yeah. 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 Rest in peace, <laughs> Rest in peace. We maybe we'll give him the Daniel Bryan Memorial Award next year. Maybe we will. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us here on DDT Wrestling. We are pleased to be with you each and every week. Uh, DDT Wrestling at gmail.com, DDTpod.com, DDTWrestling.com. DDT Wrestling on iTunes. At Doc Manson. He has a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter. Um, I don't think he has a Tinder, but please don't go looking on the off chance that I make things awkward for everyone. Um, uh, follow DDT Wrestling on Facebook. Yeah. We're going to start posting all of our articles up on there, podcasts, etc. So you want to know what the latest things going on in the DDT Wrestling community, follow that DDT Wrestling page on Facebook. And I will say this. If I get a couple of people that tell me that I need an Instagram based on this podcast, I will get one. Doc has told me yeah. I need one. But if other people say I should, I don't know what I'll post pictures of, but I'll figure out something. So take two minutes. Tell two friends. That's how we grow. That's how we grow and show our love is, uh, what? It's true. Nothing. It's true. Uh-huh. It is true. Uh, tell two of your tell friends. Tell two of your friends to follow us, to join us each and every week, to email us, to be a part of the family. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Is there anything else you would like to say before we head on out into that good night? Nah. I. He is Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, mes amis, we will see you around the neighborhood. Da 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 da.